vandals there with too much. But right now I'm joined by John Moore, Dr. Phil Ferguson, and Mariam uh, Abdel Dayam. Good morning, team. Good morning, guys. I hope I said your name properly. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky bugger. Uh, uh, anyway, um, it's been a pretty heavy we- week in the world of politics uh, in New yes, Zealand indeed. and around the world. And I guess we're going to kick off with. Um, uh, Nikki Hagar's and John Stevenson's new book um, that has allegations that have now been corroborated by a couple of different sources mm. about uh, an SAS raid, a kind of revenge raid um, on uh, members of the Taliban after the death of a New Zealand soldier. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a lot of speculation about what Nikki Hager's new book was going to be about. I think a lot of people are actually surprised that it is focusing on the New Zealand Army and SIS. Yes. Um, and he's he's worked alongside John Stevenson, who's a independent journalist who's an expert on matters to do with the military and has a lot of connections with with people within the New Zealand Armed Forces who over many years have, have drip-fed him information about uh, various going on in Afghanistan particularly. So um, so both of these people have uh, very good credentials, Nikki Hager and John Stevenson, especially uh, John Stevenson to talk about this area and the, yeah. and the type of connections he has. So the, the accusation they have made is as you said Jamie, that uh, there was a, a revenge raid on um, a couple of uh, villages in Afghanistan in the uh, Turgiran Valley um, and this was in response to a New Zealand soldier being killed. There was uh, uh, information they, the army claimed they had that uh, some of the insurgents who had um, killed this New Zealand soldier were within this valley. Um, so the New Zealanders and the SAS led the raid, but there was also Afghan commandos and New Zealand uh, US helicopters involved yes. In, yes. in the raid. Um, the end result was that six Afghan um, civilians were killed, including a three-year-old girl, a father and son, and uh, two poor farmers, and a, a teacher visiting home. Um, the accusation is that uh, basically the the SAS realised they had stuffed up, mm-hmm. so there's no accusation that this was a a deliberate attack on civilians yep. although there's some speculation that the fact that um, a dozen um, homes in the village were destroyed mm-hmm. that there was a revenge aspect to it yeah. as well as taking on insurgents there was it was yeah it was it was a punishment to people in this area for holding insurgents that so uh, in the end um, yeah, so six civilians were killed. Uh, that once the SAS realised they had stuff, they, they left the situation. And the, um, John Stevenson and Nikki Hager said that they, uh, knowing that people were dying on the scene, they offered them no help. Yeah. yeah. So apparently one, one of the people who died uh, spent nine hours bleeding to death. Oh. All right. Um, you know, it was New Zealand intelligence that was mm. used, the mm. SAS intelligence that was used to find the area where they uh, proposed the um, p- uh, people that uh, committed the, the death of um, the New Zealand soldier were at. Um, they went there, um, they called the airstrike. They, mm. were, they were in full command of everything that was going on. Mm. Um, you know, there has been some things that have come out and said, well, you know, uh, they might have died from gunfire from the uh, US helicopters, mm. but they were called in by the New Zealand military and they were directed by the New Zealand military. Uh, but this was, of course, that two sni- snipers took out two 
um, civilians as well. Mm. It seems to me they didn't really identify their target. When no. They got there. They just no. got there and opened fire. And you're completely right, JB, that uh, there's no question that this was a New Zealand led attack. Um, and John Stevenson and Nicky Hager have, have speculated that. Uh, New Zealand soldiers were responsible for at least two deaths and the uh, American gunship was uh, responsible for the rest. But it was certainly New Zealand led. Uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister at the time, John Key, uh, actually signed off yes. on this attack and um, former Governor General uh, Jerry Matapare was uh, apparently also, who, who had previously been involved in um, combat in Afghanistan, uh, was also uh, watching the attack by Video. Yes, because he was in Kabul at the time. Yeah. Him and the defence minister at the time. I'm trying to remember his name. No, it wasn't Brownlee. I think it was the defence minister because he came. It was a Wayne Matt. Wayne Matt. It was Wayne, Wayne Matt. Matt. Yes. And, and, yeah, and, and he came out a couple of days ago and said, "Yes, this did happen. Mm. Uh, yes, it was civilians, and we knew it. Mm. Uh, although the defence force is still saying no civilians were killed. Mm. So Wayne Matt's came out and saying yes, and he even named a three-year-old child that was killed and said, you know, there was a massive regret for that. So what he is saying as a former defence minister is the um, the defence force is still going against and, and saying no, no, no it didn't happen. Because it kind of it amounts to a war crime I, I think in some ways. Oh absolutely. If, if what Nicky Hager and John Stevenson are, are saying happened did happen uh, then a war crime uh, has been carried out in terms of uh, leaving injured civilians uh, mm -hmm. unattended and, and not aiding those injured civilians in terms of deliberately destroying um, um, houses in the village again that's a war crime mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and then the cover up can be seen as a war crime oh, as definitely. well if there has been a cover up yeah. if these accusations are true well, there was an investigation, wasn't there, Phil? And the investigation that they ran themselves, and the US military ran themselves as well, came out and cleared them and said no civilian deaths. So, Yeah, which is exactly what you would expect them to do, Yeah, um, which is why there's a case for an independent inquiry. Um, I think there are a couple of um, key uh, issues around this. I mean, one is, yeah, it looks like it was a, a war crime and the deliberate cover-up um, you know, shows that they knew <laughs> that what yeah. they had done was, um, was wrong. I think a couple of interesting questions, further things though, are why is it that it took Nikki Hager and John Stevenson to write this book? There's any number of New Zealand journalists that have visited Afghanistan, you know, and many of them poo-pooed Nikki Hager's last book, um, Other People's Wars, and said, oh, we've been to Afghanistan, and, you know, there's nothing like what he's talking about going on there. Yeah. Well, of course, they were being chaperoned around by the New Zealand Armed Forces, and they wrote what they were supposed to write. To, to write. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. you know, like, where's the critical faculties there? Um, there's some New Zealand journalists that should actually be looking in the mirror and asking themselves some hard questions, and we should be asking hard questions about them. Why is it that it's taken um, Nikki Hager and John Stevenson to write the book? Mm -hmm. And, of course, Stevenson lived in, you know, has actually lived in Afghanistan. He didn't just visit and be shown around by the New Zealand military yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. There. Um, but, the, you know, they must have at least, other journalists must have at least picked up on you know whispers or stories about this but well, none of them good journalists yeah yeah but none of them deemed it worthy of investigation um, and so it's taken Stevenson and Hager to write the book the other thing I think it brings out is you know 
in New Zealand, we live with a whole bunch of fictions, don't we? Like the Americans do things like this, but we don't. But actually, we have a bit of a record of doing things like this. I mean, in World War One, at the end of World War One. Somebody in a Palestinian village was alleged to have stolen some a watch or some some small thing off a New, a New Zealand soldier, and New Zealand soldiers went to the village and they slaughtered like dozens of, of Palestinians, and that was covered up for a, almost a century. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wow. there's a whole lot of uh, lots I think still to be told about what the New Zealand armed forces um, did in. The emergency in Malaya um, against the insurgency there in the late um, 50s, early 60s, and there's probably uh, some stories that have never seen the light of day in relation to Vietnam either. So I think this is a, it's, it's really good that it's come out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and maybe it will cause people to reflect a little bit more that, you know, once you send sol- your soldiers to start interfering in other people's countries things like this are a logical consequence of that and maybe we should be less keen to rush into you know these these types of interventions well i mean it's it seems like um you know these are our elite trained military you know um they're supposed to uh, be ones that can handle pressure they're supposed to be uh people that can uh think uh, when a lot is going on and think and do the right thing uh, and they're the going having a revenge attack yeah. you know uh, revenge mm, you know yeah. just that word in itself for this is ridiculous it's like you uh, and then not identifying the target we don't really care who's in there you know we're just going to take them out what does that say about our military what does it say about our elite troops I mean are they trained properly psychologically um, you know that's really worrisome and and we know historically we are revenge attacks <laughs> and punish you know collective punishment mm-hmm. of villages you know like we know the origins of that and it's not a very attractive no you know, it's not very attractive at all and it makes it seem like they don't even think of these villages as human beings these are humans you know the, this was a child this was family members you know wives husbands brothers daughters um, and you just it's like they're just dogs on the street. I think it often comes from a, a disconnect of the, the ideolo- ideology of that surrounds why countries like New Zealand are participating in wars overseas. So that sort of nationalist ideology that uh, we are part of the free world and that uh, other people in, in the say, so-called third world are under a state of sub- subjugation from their own governments and they will welcome us with open arms mm, mm. as freedom fighters when we go into their countries. And I think within... Uh, New Zealand Armed Forces, that that ideology is actually internalised within the soldiers and at top levels of of their command as well. So when they go to a country like Afghanistan or like Iraq, there's suddenly a disconnect because the people aren't welcoming welcoming them with open arms. Uh, There can actually be high degrees of hostility uh, towards um, uh, say Western forces coming into their country Mm -hmm. and that can actually cause uh, uh, a conflict, an internal conflict in these soldiers' uh, minds and it can 
lead to sort of revenge attacks and, and a general sense of hostility. So we saw that in the Vietnam War, uh, where there were massacres by American soldiers, for example, of, of innocent civilians. Who, um, and probably our own too. Yes, you know. yes, quite possibly. And I think th- this is an example in Afghanistan as well, where, where uh, soldiers uh, are equating ordinary civilians with insurgents and Wei Matt actually made a comment in the last couple of days saying well often civilians and insurgents are the same thing so he he, he actually used it as a rationale himself yeah, for this attack which yeah uh, is arguably a disgusting statement yeah. to make well former um, National Party President Michelle Borgs or Bogues I can't remember her last name oh, but she came out and said uh, things like you know the public accepts that there's going to be this kind of casualties mm. on the sideline and then uh, and that's just the way it is mm. uh, you go into war civilians are going to be killed and that's just the way well, it is David Farrier from Kiwi Blog has said exactly the same thing as well he lists a whole, a whole uh, civilian deaths from previous wars including World War One, World War Two, which obviously in the hundreds of thousands saying well civilians die but that's just whitewashing yeah. what's happened here plus you you know you're getting blanket bombing raids in those days but these days we're supposed to have you know laser guided missiles mm. that can strike within a fucking foot mm. and, and, and you know elite trained cracked troops that yes. should be identifying targets um, you know before they're even in the area yeah and we're supposed to be occupying the moral high ground (laughs) and we're we're supposed to have learned you know from world war one and world war two and so on as well and in fact one of the things that all or certainly the vast amount of historical research on bombings of civilians has said is that it doesn't set morale it makes people really really pissed off and and more determined to fight the blitz didn't set British morale and the, the, you know, carpet bombing of German cities didn't sap German morale, and the Americans didn't learn that lesson because in Vietnam they bombed North Vietnam every day yeah. for three years. That's right. And not just with regular bombs and sentry bombs, but daisy cutters or an early version of that, um, and so on. You know, and so yeah, any attempt to to rationalise or justify or explain this away is is really you know, pretty disgusting for Michelle Bogue and David Farah. Yeah. You know, like even just from a fundamental standpoint of human decency. Exactly. Exactly. It's um, it's horrible. So what's going to come out of this? Is it just going to be another one? Uh, like every time Hager comes out, they make him seem like he's a crazy, doesn't know what he's going on about, and it'll be uh, pushed under the rug. Because one would imagine um, the line from the government and even um, those in opposition is going to be almost nearly identical, I would think, when it comes to the Defence Force. Um, Andrew Little has come out and called for an independent inquiry, but it's a, it's a difficult situation for Labour because obviously... Uh, the Afghanistan, New Zealand's participation in, in Afghanistan started under the uh, previous Labour government uh-huh. um, and actually caused a split with their alliance uh, co-partner at the time um, and led to the implosion of the alliance party over this issue. So uh, although Andrew Little is pushing for an inquiry, uh, possibly Labour will be cautious in how much they push for light to be shone on, on the goings-on in Afghanistan. 
by the fact that they've actually, they actually supported yeah. uh, New Zealand participation in, in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think one of the interesting things though about this book is that it's getting a different reception yeah. from some of um, Nikki Hager's earlier books, especially Other People's Wars, which you know it came out and what happened to it? It <laughs> just kind of vanished, yeah. you know. Like journalists, some journalists that have been you know there on a, on a day outing or whatever poo-pooed it and now he's him and john stevenson have come back with this and the amount of coverage it's got the fact that wayne Mapp has come out and said yes this this did happen and he does seem to be somewhat guilt you know his conscience does actually seem to be affected by it like he has said yes i said that at the time i described this operation in this way mm. you know rather than just you know the usual kind of national labour thing, or politicians thing of just deny, deny, deny and it looks like some of the information that Hager has got has come from pretty well placed yeah. sources I mean I've heard a rumour that Wayne Matt may have even leaked, leaked well he was um, pretty forthcoming straight away about it yeah so um, and if you would yeah and you know maybe he doesn't want his legacy because he's, you know, probably not going to be in politics much longer. I think and he's gone already, isn't he? Wayne Mapp? I believe so, yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't necessarily want to be remembered, his legacy to have been, use the right tense there, yeah. um, to have been, you know, that he covered up a war crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, of course, it reflect, it's an interesting reflection on John Key That's as right, well, because Teflon John, all of a sudden, you know... Our, our best friend next door, the bloke that we'd go and have a drink with and think he was a good guy, is not looking so shiny. Yeah. Oh, he's got blood on his hands. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you saw that in the protests in Parliament the other day with the cup of uh, red mm. liquid and uh, from, from the Green Party and people were calling that disrespectful. I don't think so at all when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, we've better move on to the second story, which is um, the London attacks. Um, of course, uh, a lone wolf attack happening um, yesterday, uh, New Zealand time, where a driver um, crashed into a, um, a crowd of people on the Westminster Bridge and then drove into the Parliament building, crashing into a gate, getting out of his car and stabbing a policewoman to death. Um, and then pledged the, well, came out and said uh, he was part of ISIS and pledged the attack to ISIS. And um, ISIS have claimed that they were behind the attack, yeah. but they often, cla- they often claim yeah, they're behind attacks that it does might be quite a loose connection. Interesting um, attack, really, not what you would uh, are used to in a big city, uh, the attacks in a western country, it's more of the kind of attack you would expect in uh, Baghdad or, or, or uh, Kabul. Thoughts, Marie? Uh, yes, uh, I think that the using of the knife, uh, the knife is uh, causing this uh, 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 consequence, like that it is related to uh, Islamic uh, terror. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm really. Uh, um, we need to be careful to relate all the is- Islam and terror and. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And to just to, to differentiate, maybe this this man is like a, another mad man, yeah. uh, crazy that uh, right. uh, initiated this uh, uh, attack. 
for his uh, psychological and personal reason and I'm really against that uh, that the, the, the media is using this to promote this feeling that uh, uh, among the the, uh, the people along in, on, on all the world that it is uh, Islamic attack and uh, even it's uh, Islamist the, 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 the small differences in language it's uh, to just to say okay it's uh, Islam it's the, the, there's a difference in Islam and uh, Islamist but I think for the uh, all the Muslim the, the, my impression that Muslims feel that they are targeted by the yeah, yeah. By, by the media and it's a problematic uh, this this feeling and it reproduces the the attack that yeah why not I can uh, I I'm already criminalized as Muslim so yeah well, I can do that I can do this uh, attack well that's right that's right when you see um, attacks in the past uh, bombings IRA bombings uh, uh, you know the Protestant bombings uh, and the like you know you don't hear Catholic attack Protestant attack yes but straight away there's an attack the man is of um, you know Middle Eastern descent and he might be uh, and he claims it for, for Isis but straight away is Islamic attack Islam is yes. attacking you again and 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 that's the massive issue that's yeah. a huge problem yes it is it's a, they they suspect that it's agent this uh, guy not uh, middle eastern and this attack uh, but yeah it's it's like this organization it's they are terror organization that use the islam that politicize the islam which means that for uh, uh, for the muslims uh, they, they use this uh, idea that the islam we are at, attacked by all the world uh, the, uh, the the muslim the muslim world are attacked and we are already uh, 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 victims so just uh, you couldn't help the other Muslim to say we need to uh, fight this this organization because it's just generalization from the uh -huh. Western media from the media that it is all the Muslims are uh, uh, targeted yeah and, and of course um, you know we see uh, the level of bigotry and hatred towards uh, and Islamophobia already around Europe and around the world uh, and this is only going to bolster that more um, with of course from the media and politicians uh, and the way they are framing it um, you've got some big elections coming up in, in Europe as well yeah. uh, and you know so far right we're kind of waning a little bit in the last month or so but this is going to push them back up again so this yes. it looks like it's going to be quite dangerous um, for uh, Muslims in Europe yes 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 and uh, it's very interesting that we d we don't really expect that it will fin it will uh, disappear this uh, uh, terror uh, attack but if we just follow the uh, the uh, percentage of the attacks we will see for example that in 2015 it there, there was a, there have been a decrease there has been a decrease mm -hmm. in like in 13 percent but now for uh, the, like the historical or the uh, political reasons it's just decreased and uh, increased again so there there are reasons why, why it's happening and who is just a, a, a gain from this uh, a political uh, mess of the world and the terrorizing of the of all the people around the world not mm -hmm. just the Muslims uh, not just also the international and the Western although all the people are affected by this terrorizing That's and right. the feeling and uh, of insecurity and uh, and uh, yeah well that's the thing there's going to be as many people in the, the uh, muslim world and uh, um, that are horrified by this attack as as much as there is in the west yes 
yes. Yeah, and people don't get that and don't see it. Yeah. Um, all they see is panic-stricken Westerners um, freaking out uh, about um, a perceived uh, attack by the um, Muslim population of the world. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's and, and what you, what are you saying is very brilliant that like for example we, you don't go and ask the Muslim how do you feel when you when you hear about this how the media even surveys uh, mm. this this event you will hear that okay the Muslim the, the police in England is already suspicious before even the uh, uh, doing any research that it is it is uh, related to the international. Islamist uh, yeah. terror related, and how the Muslim, the ordinary Muslim, will feel. Okay, it's 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 already the 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 Muslims are recriminalized, and what I can do? I am just tiny, you know. How can I ch I change this? So all the people are uh, uh, feels that they feel that they, they are alienated. They don't have any responsibility about changing the the situation. Mm. And yeah. Well, I mean, it's really, um, you need to have the politicians uh, and you need to have the media coming out and saying it like it is because they're the people that have the message and get it out to the people uh, the people that are, are fearing Islam uh, and the bigots. They're the ones that have to say, look, this was an attack by somebody in, in a um, in a terror organisation and not a religion. Yes, yes. Uh, but that never happens. And why isn't that happening? What is the question again? Well, why aren't the politicians and, um, and and the media coming out and saying this is an attack by ISIS? This is an attack. This is not an attack by Islam. Yes. Uh, yeah. I guess it's a laziness by the media and, and want to just see that there's a there's a single um, there's a single <laughs> Islamic voice and there's a single Islamic community and, and going to certain leaders within the Islamic community to to get a to get a soundbite. Uh, no the, the Philippines, are they? Mm -hmm. like, which is the biggest um, Muslim country in the world. Indonesia. 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 Oh, sorry, Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. Apologies, yeah. Philippines is, is Christian. That's right. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. Yeah. But no one's going there. A very yeah. peaceful nation for the most part. Mm. No one's asking them mm. uh, about these kinds of things. They're just talking to those that are disenfranchised yeah, in their I mean, own, in their the, own the, nations. The, the, uh, the Muslim world is actually a diverse range of nations and cultures and languages and political views. There's no single global Islamic community and uh, people who identify as Muslim, some people are, are, are radically secular, mm. uh, some are even atheists, that might seem strange, but there are Muslims who uh, define themselves as atheists, there's, there's Muslims who define themselves as pro-LGBT, there's liberal Muslims, there's traditional Muslims, which mm -hmm. is, is actually different to being a, a fanatical Muslim, uh, yes. um, there's, there's purist fundamentalist Muslims, there's, uh, and of course there's jihad hardest radical Muslims who want to mm. kill as many people as they can. So there's a, a, a diverse range of, of views and perspectives there. And mm. I think we often don't get that coming from the media. No, we don't. And I think that's uh, and there lies a huge part of the problem because mm. they're, the, they're, they're the propaganda mouthpiece, you mm. know. They're the ones that tell the people how to think. Uh, and really they need to, the, to tell them how to think properly mm. and not be scared. And let's remember that the, the majority of people who face the brunt of uh, jihadi terrorism are 
are Muslims themselves. Of course. Uh, so for groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda, yes, they want to attack uh, Westerners, but actually their focus in, in the last decade have been on Shia Muslims, because ISIS and, yeah. and ISIS and Al-Qaeda are radical Sunni groups, and they see uh, Shia Muslims as heretics, yep. and they want to kill as many Shia as they can. That's right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, sorry. I know, I know people want to say a few more things about it. But well, I was just going to say that, that's mainly Muslims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, this is an infighting just like uh, it is between the Catholics and the Protestants. Mm. You know, the uh, same religion, fighting... But this has been supported by states as well. So yeah. Saudi Arabia, yeah. for example, uh, one of the most richest and powerful of the Islamic states is actually supporting this... Uh, radical view on Shia, that they're heretics and uh, that, 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 that Sunnis are in a, uh, a conflict, an ongoing conflict with Shia. All right, we're-